Hey, I'm Adi. <laughs> and I almost forgot my intro. <laughs> and I'm Savannah. And we're the Politos. Oh, wait, no. And we're the Politos. <laughs> so I just keep it. Keep going. And we're here talking about simplifying our life, growing and loving our family, and learning about the world. And today we're talking about pregnancy after infertility one year later. Yeah, you like that? I did. So, I don't really know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. I do know the big picture. But this episode was like all prepared by me. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. To listen to you. You're going to learn something today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of learning things, Mm -hmm. let's let's, uh, (laughs) spread awareness and uh, talk about just uh, what things how things are in i'm not sure if it's all of california and beyond like the like nevada i'm not sure where but uh right now there's a crazy rain thunderstorm yeah like just one massive storm coming for each city and it's crazy it's causing floods and stuff and it's insane so I'm not sure. I'm not really. I'm, I'm very naive. <laughs> I know. I was like, what and are so you going to say? I don't know. You and I feel like some of the stuff you've said so far hasn't been accurate. I thought. You said there's one giant storm coming for each city. <laughs> are there multiple? <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. There's a big thunderstorm. Okay, but well. There's a big rainstorm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not coming for each city. There's not like individual storms for each city. That's true. There's some places that are not really affected that much. That's true. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sure if it's like all <laughs> of California or just like the central California, but nonetheless. Uh, nonetheless, so we're actually in Northern California, as we've debated before. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. You mm. weren't there when I was having this conversation the other day, huh? No. I was telling people about how you and I like argued about this because I was like, I'm from Northern California and you're like, well, I'm from Central California and it's like, we didn't live that far apart growing Mm, up. No. But it actually, you're kind of right. I think Sacramento is considered like Northern California, but the Bay Area is just kind of the Bay Area. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're the cool kids. But I guess um, my brother was telling me that people who live, like, far north in California, Mm -hmm. like Redding, Wairika, that they, it's, like, so different there. Oh, yeah. That they wanted to be known as, like, well, because they look at people in, like, Sacramento saying, like, oh, we're in Northern California. It's like, no, you're not. So they wanted to, (laughs) like, try to get the term upstate going, but it never really caught on. Uh, in other words, they wanted for them to be considered as Lincoln State or wh- whatever. Oh, you mean the state of Jefferson? Yeah, the state of Jefferson. No, but they just wanted to like, not that they necessarily wanted to be their own state. I mean, that is a thing, state of Jefferson, that people, a lot of people yeah. have wanted. And we've seen signs on the way up, like when we were driving back to Oregon yeah. from California. Yeah. Yeah, the n- more northern we got in California, the more signs were. were yeah, and there. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that it's typically like politically conservative groups that want state of Jefferson because yeah. California is obviously a liberal state. 
Yeah, but it's crazy right now, so be safe. Bottom line is just be mm-hmm. be safe out there if you're uh, affected by by the storm. So, yeah, I was just I just got off the phone with my mom and we, t- we were talking about it. They live what like three hours away from us right now, mm-hmm. and so they were saying that that the Salinas River is uh, flooded. A part of it is yeah. There's the other side of it that will affect, like, prevent her from going to work, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, it's nuts. So um, it is it's really crazy. So stay safe. Yeah. And uh, you know, buy those uh, batteries and uh, lamps and fl- uh, what do you call those flashlights? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We actually. Um, like a few days ago, the power went out for like four to five, six hours or so at night. And mm-hmm. we were trying to scramble things up, you know, we were, we were trying to figure things up. Figure things up? <laughs> we were trying to figure, figure things out. Yeah. Uh, as far as, um, Miguel's bottles. Yeah, keeping the bottles cold. Yeah, so we, we found a way to keep them cold for the, the time that the, there was no power. So mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. Yeah, it ended up not being too crazy, but it's just it's just so weird. I remember like when the power went out as a kid, it was always kind of like exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I d- definitely remember those times of like, oh, that's cool. Like you have to go to the bathroom and with a with a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, and just like, oh, we can't do this, we can't do this. Like, I don't know. It was just like yeah. there was something about it, just how novel it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's funny, just like we we start. I I noticed the the lights flickering, and so I was mm-hmm. like, um, I think that we should charge our phones just in case if the power goes out. <laughs> and then, kitty, not five minutes later, <laughs> yeah, the power goes out, <laughs> and our phones were not very charged. No, no. Um, but it's in the moment when you are on the other side of it when you don't have things. Mm-hmm. For example, like we we. I, 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 we talked about us getting a flat tire and then yeah. right there and there and r- right then and there we were just talking about how i i butcher that you phrase. always say there and there right yeah right there and then right there i mean right there and there there's two different there's there anyways <laughs> oh <my laughs> right goodness. then and there i said okay i want to buy a really like a, a regular tire that way we don't have to spend a lot of time and money on staying some like in staying somewhere else or whatever because mm-hmm. we need to buy a whole new spare tire. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I was just thinking about when there was no light. I was just thinking like, like there's a time when I need this and that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, I, I really the dad in me, I guess, or just the the I don't know the or planner organizer in me. I just want to have certain things ready yeah just in you know just in case mm-hmm. so um yeah so yeah so that's when you realize like i should have all this stuff prepared just in case true you never know yeah so yeah anyway stay safe guys stay safe well let's get on to the nitty-gritty okay so in this episode we're doing sort of just the next installment of like pregnancy childbirth updates Mm -hmm. and we had this we were going to put this on the calendar 
And then we realized that the day this is coming out is actually the one year anniversary of us finding out that I was pregnant Mm -hmm. on January 16th. Yeah. So we thought this was very fitting. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about what I wanted to talk about, that's when I kind of thought about the title because I feel like that's really what a lot of this comes down to, like looking back and reflecting on pregnancy and childbirth. I think that the infertility experience really affected it a lot. Yeah. And so some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, I think would have been the same if we had not gone through infertility, but I think a lot of it was really impacted by that. Gotcha. What's the title of this one? (laughs) Pregnancy after infertility one year later. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously it's one year from like when we first found out. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Right. But um, anyway. Yeah, January 16th. Yeah. That's when we, in 2022, that's when we found out. I just said that. And, well, I was going to add more to it. (laughs) And (laughs) last week we, last week we uh, talked about the 2022 in review. Mm -hmm. And it was really easy for us, like I said last time, last week, that uh, to look back because every day we had at least one second video. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I remember that date. Um, because I looked at the video, but uh, there was a video of of me recording you in the bathroom crying about about the the test, yeah, the pregnancy test. So yeah, was, I was just like sobbing. It was crazy. Yeah. So it was insane. Yeah. So and then I also recorded you telling your mom mm-hmm. over the phone through FaceTime at like eleven at, at night. Yeah. That uh, you were pregnant. I know. That's so, crazy. And I believe I told your mom this, and it's like a five to six minute uh, video. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So, anyway. Yeah. As you were. This is basically broken down into two, like, main categories. Mm-hmm. The first one is about how I sort of went into pregnancy scared and like expecting the worst and how infertility I think caused a lo- some of that mm-hmm. and then the second part of this is what I'm labeling the sweet side oh okay so that it's like some of the positives just about my like pregnancy and birth experience and also even some of the ways that I think like some of the positive things that I think God gave to us through infertility. Yeah. That's good. So I'm going to talk about some of the hard stuff first. So the first thing that I wrote down was just that big sort of category of like, I really went into pregnancy very scared and very much expecting the worst. And I think because I think because there had been so long of trying to get pregnant and not being able to, and even going through the six months of fertility treatments and none of it working, that when I found out I was pregnant, number one, like, it was very difficult to believe. Mm-hmm. Even, like, as I'm seeing the test and hearing the doctors say, like, say these things, it was very hard to actually wrap my mind around the fact that I was really pregnant. Yeah. Because for so long, I wanted it so badly and couldn't and I think that there was a part of me that had kind of like shut down the like 
hopefulness of actually getting that positive. Yeah. So, um, so there was that, but I think the biggest thing was because of how many times and how long I'd been trying and kept getting negatives, I felt like if my body struggled so much to get pregnant, I was really worried and scared that my body wouldn't be able to keep and sustain the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the biggest thing. I mean, obviously the biggest number one absolute huge fear that I had throughout a lot of the pregnancy was just that we were going to lose our baby. Yeah. And it was, that was really, really hard and really like just put a huge weight on like the whole first, I don't know, half maybe of the pregnancy before that started to kind of like lessen a little bit. Mm -hmm. And obviously it got less and less just as things went along. But I think it probably was like the whole first half of the pregnancy that that really was such a huge fear in my like mind and heart. Mm -hmm. And then along with that, the next kind of expecting the worst was that I was really from the get go, just expecting to not have the like birth experience that I wanted. Mm. And, um, because I kind of dreamed of having more of like a kind of natural um, pregnancy and birth. But going into it, I immediately was just expecting the worst that like I wasn't going to get to have that, that I wasn't going to get to see it, like go to a midwife. I wasn't going to um, like that. I was going to have all these interventions that I didn't want that I wasn't going to have my voice be heard like when I was expressing the things that I wanted. And these fears were actually kind of crippling at the beginning. Like I remember just being so concerned about like, what doctor should I go to? Should I switch doctors? Should I try to see a midwife? Spending so much time like researching and all this stuff, but in the back of my mind thinking like this, like I'm not gonna be able to have this kind of birth that I want and just so much fear there. And and then the other thing along with that, that was kind of like a big thing that I never really said, but I think that deep down I also was just expecting that I wasn't going to be able to like have a um, vaginal delivery, that I was going to mm-hmm. have to have a C-section. And I never really was like saying that, but I just kept sort of in the back of my mind thinking like, Oh, you know, if I have to have a C-section, like I was really kind of preparing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these things were just like, I just so went into pregnancy expecting the worst. And I think there were some, in, in a way, benefits to that because a lot of my like expectations were so far exceeded, mm-hmm. which is nice, mm-hmm. but it also definitely put like a damper on the like just being able to enjoy the pregnancy yeah um and that's one of the biggest things that i think that infertility kind of like quote unquote took from us was just being able to have like the pure joy of finding out that we're pregnant and just being like so excited and so happy because i was all those things but it was so coupled with so much fear yeah 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the whole, my whole first point. And then I have another point that's kind of like connected to that. But do you have any thoughts about that? I do. First off, um, unrelated. I just want to say this. Um, there, there's like some like popping. I know. Like, uh, kind of like a, like a sound of like popcorn being made in the microwave <laughs> from afar. There's a little uh, coming from your mic sometimes. And okay. so I'm aware of it. You're aware of it. Yeah. And so uh, we're not going to do anything about it. Well, yeah, we don't know <laughs> we're why. Gonna, we're going to treat it as there's like a live podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> and also just we don't know why. And yeah. We're just going to roll with the punches and it's not that crazy. So just for anyone out there, if you haven't noticed, awesome. But maybe now you might know, notice if you haven't already. But uh, if you have, we, we are aware of it. So yeah, we're sorry. aware of it. So yeah. Anyway, two things. Mm-hmm. Your fears, it makes sense that because of infertility, it, it bleeds into the rest of the pregnancy journey. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was right there with you as far as like the fear of a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Like I thought about that for a long time. Yeah. And I didn't even tell you about it. I don't think I actually talked to you about it. No, you didn't. This is the first time I'm saying this, but I thought about it a few times and I, did, I didn't want to say it mm-hmm. because I didn't want to freak you out. Yeah. And make you think like well i also was thinking about it and you know we have this kind of like um thing where like if someone is one of us is freaked out that person is not just naturally <laughs> you know that, yeah. that's what happens so um what happens when both of us are like stressed and in fear like it's hard so i mm-hmm. had to um kind of put that aside and and believe the best and be hopeful that things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But there were some times like the one moment that kind of comes to mind is when you, we couldn't really feel the baby kick. Yeah. And I think we went to the, to the hospital, right? To the ER mm-hmm. and he was fine. Um, but that kind of was freaky during the car ride to the, the hospital on the way there, I was just thinking about like, I said, yeah, it's going to be okay. But in the back of my mind, I was freaking out. And yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Until right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is, it was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just one thing that, that was freaky. And, and, and I was scared. You know, um, so I didn't want that for you um, as a husband and as like a dad. And mm-hmm. like, I didn't want that because of many reasons. But one is also that like I just couldn't imagine you like dealing with that. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so anyway, um, the other thing about like not being able to being in fear of like I can't uh, have a vaginal um, delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, I think the similar thing of like, well, there's so many, all, all these challenges, all these roadblocks yeah. and bumps in the road that I'm sure you're going to have to, uh, won't <laughs> be able to, your body won't be able to, uh, 
do that, give a vaginal birth. Oh, wow. I'm glad you didn't tell me that. I didn't. That's fine that you were thinking I that. Mean, I totally understand. We were understand. at the hospital for four days. That's and, true. And so I was like, come on. Like, I know that having a C-section is not like, like bad or horrible. It's, it's a safe procedure that is done. Um, yeah, it's pretty common. You know, it's very common. Um, and now that we're like shaming the C-section knee people no not at all right but yeah but it's just like i was thinking like well if you do this if we get pregnant again you won't be able to uh give a vaginal uh, birth because once yeah. you have the well you can but there's more risks to it but yeah okay okay uh -huh. so i thought that well like i think that you know we want that the, the vaginal birth and mm -hmm. so um so there was that fear yeah so going back to the whole how the um, infertility bleeds into pregnancy with so many like kind of steals um, the just happy moments and, and, and things. I kind of I was picturing this image um, about a few months ago. Uh, I'm not sure if it will make sense, but uh, in a way, I think it will. If imagine you are Sam or Frodo, and you're at the end of the second movie, the two towers, right? Mm -hmm. You go through all this like craziness in the first two movies, and at the very very end of the the two towers movie, mm -hmm. you uh, you hike up this mountain after enduring so much, right? Already, okay. And then you see from afar, there's still like a lot more to go. Yeah, and you see Mount. Mount Mordor mm -hmm. and how dark it is and like how high that mountain is and, yeah. and everything you see just like the valley is like super wide mm -hmm. and really far it's kind of like that like we've endured like two whole movies of the Lord of the Rings through <laughs> through this whole like infertility yeah. experience and then yeah. at the end of it we climb climb this mountain and we 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 notice that we that there is a positive um there's a plus on the in the um the pregnancy, pregnancy test. test right and then we realized like there's more to it yeah to this journey so much more i knew that that was going to be how i was going to feel like i was just kind of predicting the future of like if you do get pregnant there it's going to get harder and yeah. and <laughs> and so and it was it, it was pretty hard um there's just so many things right that after re realizing that that you were pregnant, we knew I knew that it was gonna be really hard, mm -hmm. and and um and so um like in what way? In a way, yeah, I'm glad that you asked. Um, <laughs> in a way of <laughs> like, never ask. There's gonna be more like what ifs, a lot more questions, yeah, and that we want answers to a lot of unknowns of like what. What, what what do we do now mm -hmm. what are the next steps yeah what okay we need to figure out you know we need a doctor we need you know to do, do this stuff now the medication so many decisions. Yeah. yeah so many decisions like what kind of food and what kind of like supplements you should take uh what kind of what advice should you take and what other what advice should you ignore mm -hmm. um and you're going to get so many um, answers. You're going to get so many comments from people unsolicited. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of good and bad. And so 
I knew that there was going to be so many waves of just like information, unknowns, fears coming. And again, like we just talked about mm -hmm. the, the fear of uh, miscarriage. That was another thing. So I was already expecting all of this. Yeah. And I knew that there was going to be more of stuff that I wasn't aware of mm -hmm. that was going to come to us. And so um, I knew that infertility, it doesn't, it doesn't end when you get the 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 positive positive pregnancy test yeah for sure it's it's the beginning of it in yeah. a way like that's still part of the infertility process and the journey because mm -hmm. the day one when you decide to get pregnant and you can't there there's just that journey so long yeah um because we went through a lot of tests a lot of like just every month and now getting pregnant and and so on so infertility doesn't end again and mm -hmm. once we get the pregnancy test it is just part of it. it's like kind of the halfway point yeah so i knew that like it was going to be tough for that for those reasons mm -hmm. but i did i'm sure like you like tried to enjoy as much as we could um and yet still feel what we felt yeah with the uncertainties, the fears, all that stuff, right. you know, because it's mm -hmm. part of it, because of the the road that we had already, like, traveled. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Period. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Because, that, yeah. yeah, there's some stuff that I did not know that you just shared. I know. About yeah. how you were feeling. So, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just good to know, like, what you were feeling at that time. Um, the second thing is connected to the whole like thinking that I wouldn't be able to have a vaginal delivery and thinking I wasn't gonna have the birth experience that I wanted. I went into pregnancy really seeing my body as incapable. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that did stem somewhat from an infertility, but also I'm gonna talk about another aspect of it. So before I talk about this though, I am, I wanna make a little side note slash disclaimer here that I wanna be, I'm very wary of the whole mom's bodies are so strong cliche mm. um of like um like i can't believe what my body did like with giving birth there is nothing wrong with it and like there is definitely like truth and value to that but i also just want to be wary of like the fact that i don't know that's a little cliche and it also like motherhood isn't what makes you strong or like defines you as a woman you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to say that like, oh, now that I've, you know, given birth to a baby, now I know that like my body is so strong and it's so capable. Um, that's not really what I'm getting at, but it's mm -hmm. just that I really did start out pregnancy just really seeing, <laughs> just really seeing my body as so incapable. And so I just really doubted my body's ability to be able to grow and sustain my baby. Mm -hmm. Um so I knew, like, as I was going through this whole process of, you know, pregnancy and watching the baby grow, I knew in my head that the, my baby was ultimately, like, in God's hands and that, and that he was the one who was going to grow the baby and, like, keep mm -hmm. him safe and all of that. But I think that all of the, like, the history of having my body like quote unquote fail me throughout like all the times of trying to get pregnant mm -hmm. did make it more scary. Mm -hmm. You know, just like I said at the beginning, like 
because it took it was so hard for my body to get pregnant i was very scared that it wouldn't be able to stay pregnant and sustain the baby and so i just felt like and i i wouldn't have really said it that way but i think subconsciously it's like well my body had you know quote unquote failed me so many times mm-hmm. that's how i felt that i was just worried that it was going to fail me again mm-hmm. and then i want to talk about another aspect of this which is how having a plus size pregnancy, being in a larger body, how that impacted this. So even before any of this, even before the infertility journey started at all, I somewhat saw my body as incapable Mm -hmm. because, you know, growing up in diet culture, having a larger body, always thinking I needed to lose weight and having society like constantly tell me I needed to lose weight really made me see my body as not as capable, not as strong, not as healthy as other bodies. And then getting pregnant and having like my biggest fears about my body be like amplified by my doctor made that feeling of my body not being capable even like more pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not. I don't think we did. But, like, there was one doctor's appointment very early on, which you were at um, with my OB, where she said something about, well, she had already at this appointment been talking to me about my risk of gestational diabetes. Or, no, 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 sorry. Very early on in the pregnancy, she really was talking a lot about my weight and how, like, she was very concerned about the weight that I had started pregnancy at. Mm-hmm. And she was making comments about how, like, later on in the pregnancy, like, you can't gain too much weight. Mm-hmm. And she kept talking about that and saying, like, you can't gain too much weight. And you're going to, and she literally said, like, you're going to be so hungry. Yeah. And was basically implying, like, you're going to be so hungry, but you better not, like, eat too much. Yeah. And that was. I think not okay for her to say it in that way. And then right after that, she started to leave the room. And then she said like, oh yeah, um, this other doctor that I had, the high risk OB that I had gone to see, um, wants you to get a EKG done mm-hmm. of your heart. And I was like, oh, okay, how come? And I feel yeah. like that's a really important, like when you're receiving healthcare, I think it's really important to like ask questions of like, why are we doing this? What is happening? It is good. And so I asked that question of like, why? And her answer was two words. She said, your weight. Mm -hmm. And then she left the room. Mm -hmm. And that's not an adequate answer. Yeah. You know, like even if that was the root of why the the test was ordered, Mm -hmm. that was not an appropriate and adequate answer that she gave me. Like she Mm -hmm. needed to give more information than that. And so those were the kind of things and comments that were happening early on in the pregnancy that really just amplified this like message of my body is not capable, my body's not good enough, and it's not going to like be able to do this. Yeah. That were kind of like smaller, but um still pretty real was I assumed that I would never look pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh going into pregnancy at the size that I was at, I just thought like oh, I'm never I'm not going to have this like cute perfect baby bump and I'm not going to ever look pregnant. And that made me really sad. Mm-hmm. And that ended up not being true. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely looked pregnant towards the end yeah. there. I remember you talking sure. I remember you talking sorry, I remember you talking about this fear. Uh-huh. For the first like few months. 
that yeah that just like being worried that you're not gonna look the part you know <laughs> and, and so yeah i was like and, and i think i was confident like you will you know really yeah yeah and but i just couldn't like visualize it i couldn't like see yeah. it you know i can but i knew that you would like just naturally you would <laughs> so so yeah so it was yeah. So, yeah. So I was very happy when like I started to really have a baby bump and um and if I hadn't that would have been okay too. And I was prepared to like not have like a like ne- like a round bump. Yeah. But I think also that's another thing of like just because we see a lot of like all the pictures that we see of pregnant people are like very slim women with like very round bellies. Mm-hmm. And that's not what all pregnant women look like even no. Even all women that start at the same weight don't have, like, the same type of bump. Yeah. So, you know, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, if I hadn't ever looked super pregnant, that would have been okay. But I was really just happy. That was, like, a little, like, happy thing that uh, wasn't super important but was still nice that I did end up actually looking pregnant. And um, another thing along with this is I assumed that – by the end of my pregnancy, I would be extremely uncomfortable. Mm. And part of this is because that's something that people tell you and like prepare you for is like, oh, that last month is like so hard. You're so uncomfortable. And that's fine. I'm like, I'm glad people share their experience so yeah. that you can kind of know what to expect. But I just thought like, oh, well, especially for me, because of my body, like I'm going to be so uncomfortable. Like I'm barely <laughs> going to be able to walk. And like, I just had all these expectations that my body was just going to be like yeah stretched to like its absolute limits physically like <laughs> literally and emotionally <laughs> um and i remember being in like my 8th month or, or like close to the ninth month and just being like oh like i still feel like a functioning human <laughs> yeah and everybody's experience with pregnancy is so different and so some people i think towards the end of pregnancy are really feeling that like this is so hard and like it's getting feeling starting to feel unbearable. But the, it's just that that's not just dependent on somebody's like weight or what you think about like their health based on what they look like. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the issue is that you can't determine what's going to happen in somebody's body just by like what they look like or a number on a scale. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I just like was assuming all of these like negative things because of my body that some of them did happen and some of them didn't. Like I did end up having gestational diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so having like complications in pregnancy was something that I was concerned about and that did happen. Mm -hmm. But, and so because of that and also because of my weight, like I wasn't able to see, um, to go to a midwife. And so that was one of the fears that was, that did happen. But there were so many things that I was afraid of that, didn't even like remotely come close to happening you know <laughs> such like as? such as i was able to have a vaginal delivery mm-hmm. which like still looking back on that now i do kind of have that feeling of like i can't believe i did that yeah you know that was a huge thing and i would have been fine and happy having a c-section but i'm so like happy and proud of myself that i did have a vaginal delivery yeah. i feel like i had the amount of interventions during my delivery that I was comfortable with. I didn't feel like I was pushed. You know, we talked about the whole birth story. I didn't feel like I was pushed to have interventions that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I 
was really happy that I looked pregnant. <laughs> I was really happy with how I still had like a decent amount of energy at the end of the pregnancy. Um, and then also my last sort of like negative assumption was that I was going to have a really difficult postpartum mm -hmm. because of my body and also because of like mental health mm -hmm. because I kind of I tend to have anxiety already I was yeah. afraid that I was going to have a lot of like intense postpartum anxiety and postpartum mm -hmm. depression um and that didn't really happen either um I mean there have been struggles in postpartum for sure mm -hmm. but it wasn't as um, like difficult as I was expecting it to be. And so all of these things looking back, I'm just like, I was so afraid of so many things that like didn't yeah. even, you know, that just weren't even, shouldn't have even been a concern at all. Mm -hmm. And that's just, uh, that's crazy. And so before I get to like more of the positive things, just circling back to the beginning, like I think, some of these things would have happened. I would have had those feelings and perceptions anyway, just because of my nature and yeah. just life. But I think a lot of this was amplified or caused by the infertility experience. Mm -hmm. Sadly. Yeah, that, that is true. You know, we, we've talked about that, the experience and again, the fat shaming and uh, food shaming and everything. Mm -hmm. And, it, it was hard to hear that and it's just it, it's so hard like the the client and like the doctor like um just they it, it's hard like you take everything that the doctor says and you can't like really like negotiate or like <laughs> question them yeah you know to their face right and so it is so hard but uh, we, again, we try to really like take in what we can and try to not listen to everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so that, that that was hard, and that definitely like made a uh, imprint in this journey, mm -hmm. and like that carried on for a while, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was just thinking about going to <laughs> being at the high risk OB appointment, and the doctor saying like. Oh, who made the decision for you to stop taking your blood pressure medication? And I was like, well, I did, but <laughs> my OB did uh, approve it after the fact. And yeah. he was like, oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not advocating for that. I had my reasons, but yeah. it was just funny. He was like, oh, who like who decided this? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm not sure if this is related or anything, but like, I think a lot of people could relate as far as like when you're the doctor's it is uh it is just very like hard like you can't again question you can't really question them and you just have to take everything as factual and yeah and and that's it and so do what they say i was just thinking about i'm just saying i'm just saying this because like we go to so many different like medical like uh services and everything mm -hmm. and um with the doctors it's, it's just like well, the doctors is different than like the dentist. Like I was yeah. just at the dentist like two days ago, I did, yesterday actually. Yeah. And 
just like how I I'm treated at the dentist is so different than the doctor. Yeah, you know uh, the medical doctors. Um, with the dentist, like it's it, it it seems like a like a partnership, and like <laughs> I do question them. Like I yeah. I do question like I do have questions for them, mm-hmm. and I say like, well, why are we doing this, or like what does this mean? And like I'm not afraid, and mm-hmm. I think part of it is because like I am treated as like a. I don't know, like more than a client, more than a patient. <laughs> like, just... Audie loves his dentist. I do, I by do. The way. Yeah, loves so his I was just talking about the baby. They asked about 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 the about the baby, and and so um, turns out my dentist is pregnant, and <laughs> and so <laughs> I was just like laying down. I I was there ten minutes late because of you know just crazy traffic and everything. Uh, and so I they sent me down, and they start to like um, push, you know bring down the the, the seat mm-hmm. and so i'm like just laying flat and they start to do stuff i'm like what the heck i just got here and uh and so <laughs> um the assistant was saying like okay i'm gonna do this and that and so um i'm like, okay and then i turned to my right and that's where the dentist is you know mm-hmm. but it was a different dentist and mm-hmm. so i kind of have this confusing look and yeah. then the assistant explains like oh so it turns out like <laughs> that your the dentist is actually on maternity leave i was uh-huh. like what and and he was like, yeah, like, she didn't even tell me that she was, like, eight months pregnant. Wow. And she, he was like, right? Like, uh, you can't tell, right? I was like, yeah, what the heck? So, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I was just confused. Like, there was this, like, other random, like, person here. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so, all I have to say is, it's not like the dentist. <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, that was just a little fun, fun little rabbit trail. Yeah. Okay, I want to get into the the sweet side, as I call it. Yeah. I'm going to turn my page here of notes. Okay, so I, I my hope with this is that um, other people, whether you've experienced infertility or not, would be able to relate to some of like those fears and things. Mm-hmm. And if you have experienced infertility, my hope would be that this part would really be like reassuring to you. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things that I think just were really like beautiful things that came out of this whole experience. So the one thing I already said was that there were so many fears that did not come to fruition at all. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like when those things I was so afraid of didn't happen, I had so much like gratitude and just, you know, thankfulness for, for those things, like everything I was just uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. I think some of the challenges that like I that we've faced um, with the whole pregnancy delivery and then now like being new parents mm-hmm. that would things that would have been really challenging I think that has been like softened a little bit by the fact that we're still just so in awe that we yeah. have a baby yeah so um, true and. During the pregnancy, also, um, there was this awareness of, like, how this was, like, the first time of experiencing all these things. Mm -hmm. And even with the knowledge in the back of my brain, the, like, slightly sad knowledge of, like, this could be the only time. Right. It was still, like, in a way, just such a sweetness of, like, oh, this is the first time that we're experiencing this. And Mm -hmm. if we get to be pregnant again... You know, that's amazing, uh, but there was something so special about, like, the firsts, all of those firsts throughout the pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, like, 
I think that we should, in in a way, be be enjoying life in that moment and in that day, and not assume like the next day is going to be granted, right? And, right. Or that the next day is going to be the same happy uh, day like like today. But also, it's it's also good to to be hopeful for the next day and to like have the goals and dreams for for tomorrow um but with this like whole journey it, it was hard to think like can we go again mm -hmm. round two right yeah. it, and so um it was hard thinking like what if this is the first and last right right it, it but uh we don't know, right? Yeah. And like a, any pregnancy and every pregnancy, like we we don't know. We can't you can't exactly. predict, right? So yeah. uh, I think that in a way it's good to to really cherish that like pregnancy. Yeah. Whatever number that is, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh because like that wouldn't be the last time. Mm -hmm. And if it is like it is and it and you know, but like it's 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 yeah, so so that's that's it. <laughs> well, that really goes along with one of the things on my list, which one of the things that pregnancy after fertility, for, that pregnancy after infertility brought us was um, hope and contentment for the mm -hmm. future. I think that now knowing that like this happened, mm -hmm. there's more hope for it happening again. Yeah. Um, because I think I really had gotten to the point where so much of my mind and heart was really hopeless that it was ever going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so now obviously looking to the future, there is more hope, mm -hmm. but there's also, I think more contentment at the same time that if it doesn't happen again, yeah, I'm so thankful for that pregnancy and for this baby right here. Yeah. So it's both, you know, both the hope and the contentment are really valuable things that I think pregnancy after infertility brought us. Yeah, and it, it took a while um, for us to go go from saying like talking about like it took it took a while for us to say if we get pregnant again, mm -hmm. like before those statements were said, there were no like if we or like oh the next time maybe yeah it was just like silence and and just like. We were thinking about it. I think we were both th thinking about, like, saying, "Oh, yeah, maybe next time." This yeah. and that, um, but we kind of stopped ourselves. Like during the pregnancy. During the pregnancy, I think maybe after the pregnancy. Yeah. I, I think I'm saying in general, there's no specific moment of where oh, okay. it's like, "Oh, yeah, this is like you know when yeah. I thought about this, but didn't say it." But I, I'm just thinking overall. I think that's how we felt. Mm -hmm. Am I am I correct? I think so. Yeah, but you're saying like a, now, we're saying it more. Oh yeah, yeah. Now we're we're more confident in saying like, if or next time. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you know. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Mm hmm. Another thing I wanted to mention that actually a friend of mine who also went through infertility, um, she kind of pointed out this little blessing to me, and I think that this is really valuable too. Um, knowing that our worth isn't wrapped up in being parents. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that infertility gives you because there comes a point when we had to like face the fact and like 
look into the future of not having biological children and what that would look mm-hmm. like and kind of make peace with that. Yeah. And so I think now having a baby and being so thankful for that, we also have that added knowledge that our worth and our like value is not wrapped up in being parents. And that I think is important. Okay. Mm-hmm. The last two. Oh no, 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 sorry. I have three more things. Um, the knowledge that all of those failed um, treatments and IUIs brought us Miguel and the knowledge like the, I did not think about this until much later like after he was born about how if any of those IUIs had been successful he wouldn't be here mm-hmm. right mm-hmm because it would have been a different baby. 100%. And like, yeah. You know, just looking at him now, it's like, I am so thankful that those failed. Yeah. Totally. You know, and that's like just such a crazy realization because it was so hard at the time. Mm-hmm. But now I am like extremely thankful that they didn't work. Yeah, totally. Uh, I know you mentioned this, you said this um, maybe like a month or maybe two months ago or whatever. Uh-huh. And that really resonated with me. Like, I think that that was really uh, spot on because we are in love with, with this baby <laughs> and, you know, can't imagine just anyone else. And, exactly. And like, we love them and want them. And so it's, it's crazy that, uh, like, like I, I feel good in saying like, it was worth all this mm-hmm. the weight, the money, the, Everything, mm-hmm. the stress and all that stuff to get here to have him. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last two are a little cheesy. I'm already like also tearing up. So, uh, but the last two are a little cheesy. But I'm gonna say them anyway. Okay. I think that pregnancy after infertility brought us a quote unquote what I'll call an extra helping of joy and awe when we look at our baby. I think every parent has joy and awe when they look at their baby, but I think maybe it's fair to say that there's a little extra helping of that because of everything mm-hmm. that we went through. Mm-hmm. And my very last thing I want to close on is I think that pregnancy after f- infertility, <laughs> really? <laughs> I think pregnancy after infertility pulls back the curtain a little bit and gives just a little extra glimpse at the miracle of life. Yeah. Um, because every pregnancy, every baby is a miracle, but I think experiencing it after infertility just gives you like that little extra glimpse at what a miracle it is. It is. Yeah. Like I said last time a while ago, like it's kind of like a, a blessing within a blessing. Mm hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because it just it was so hard to to come to this point of like having Miguel here, yeah, and it, if you think about it, like the signs behind everything, and like there's just timing, there's just everything. And at the end of the day, like it's a miracle, and like it's crazy just how this life is formed, 
mm-hmm. and the process and everything. <laughs> and so it is insane, the development like uh, of, of a human. Um, and, and then like, if you, and then that alone is crazy. And then you, when you add all the, the uphill battles and stuff, yeah. it like makes it like so worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's cool to, to, uh, to be here and to like, look back and like so like yeah that was hard but yeah you know we're here now and yeah and it's good after hearing you say a blessing within a blessing now i feel like i might have said this before on the podcast already about like an extra glimpse at the miracle of life i'm not sure i don't know but if i did it's fine i feel like it's worth saying again (laughs) yeah (laughs) um that's it that's all i have Mm-hmm. And one last little footnote here is for anybody who maybe is listening to this podcast episode and you haven't listened to a lot of others. Um, Miguel is actually his podcast name. It's not his real name. <laughs> yeah. I, that's wanted, I wanted to mention that. Pen that, name. That's his, what did we call it? His alter ego. Alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we call him Miguel on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen, you can listen to the other episode to find out why. How yes. he got that How? alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. I hope that this was encouraging, honestly, because I'm encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> I encouraged myself. Wow. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, you know, the, the, there was a lot of people that were supporting us throughout the, the yeah. journey, friends, family, mm-hmm. um, friends of the family. Uh, just <laughs> what? yeah like friends like being about your family and like they're friends true just, that's true and you know people around us and uh um and it was hard but um you know it was it was cool to uh deliver the good news and of of Miguel Miguel coming and mm-hmm. being here now and and everything and so um uh, for anyone that's in that process of infertility, whether it's the the start, the middle, the end, whatever, wherever it is, uh, you know, we're, we're here and we are here to uh, to listen if y'all want to like um, talk to us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could do that on on the on the Instagram and the Facebooks, and uh, it's all just the Polidos and same logo and everything. Such a dad thing to say. The Instagrams and the Facebooks. <laughs> but yes, that's true. Yes. So we'll, we'll be there to uh, carry on the conversation. It doesn't mm-hmm. end here. Yeah. So yeah. And I know we've done this before, but it makes perfect sense. And as Miguel says, <laughs> See you next, next time. time. Do I sound okay? I think you do. Okay, because yeah. it's just because my one headphone's not working, so I sound kind of quiet to myself, but I think that's why. No, you're good. Okay, good. Yeah. Last time it was, your audio was awful because, like, you're very high pitched. <laughs> it was very pitchy. That's weird. <laughs> what is this, American Idol? Yeah. It was a little pitchy. It was. <laughs> so, 
it was it was hard and for me i was just fine well good for you <laughs> okay go ahead well let's get out to the nitty-gritty 